0: Thanks for stopping by today. My name is Jeremy Griffin, the Ministry and Operations Director here at Redux Church. If you're looking for a local church to become a part of in your area and just haven't found the place you feel God is leading you to, consider reaching out to us here at Redux. We know lots of great places and would love to assist you in finding the place God has for you. On the other hand, you may be here right now because you've become a bit disenchanted with church. And if that's the case, maybe Redux is the place for you. We are a real church in a virtual world. While we don't meet every week in the traditional sense, we do have a community online where you can chat, ask questions, and connect with others like yourself. We do, on occasion, meet in person for small group discussions and special worship and prayer events, but new Redux discussions are available every Friday morning online. In any case, we are glad you're here now. And if we can do anything to serve you, please let us know. You can contact us anytime online at redux.church. God bless.
1: You're listening to the Stream Grace Network.
0: Hello, guys. Thanks for joining us on another chapter of the book of John, the gospel according to John. (laughs) Joining me today is Wayne, John, both you guys. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, I made this joke with your dad. You know, yeah. for the first three or first uh, chapter, that it was his book. Yeah, is it? I'm not going to make it now. I'm just going to notify you. That's all right. But you knew that. I mean, I know that you you watched those. So, anyway.
2: Yeah. Well, my <laughs> uncle is named John. My dad is John. I'm John. So um, I like to say, "Dad is first John. Uncle John is second John. <laughs> I'm third, third John, John, and I lead to Revelation.
0: That's, that's amazing. Ooh, wow.
1: <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, before we get too deep
0: into this today, if this is uh, if you've joined us and you haven't already done it, you can go to Redux.Church and join us for a time of worship there. You can just click on the worship uh, Redux worship band, house band. I can't remember what we call it. Anyway, you can click on that, spend some time in worship, 10, 15, 20 minutes, an hour if you want. And if you don't want to listen to us over there, you can just go to YouTube and find your favorite stuff or Spotify. Sure. Uh, all right. Well, let's get right into it. You guys ready for this? Yeah. Right Always. All right. Here we go. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. "'Rabbi,' he said, "'we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you.' Jesus replied, "'I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God.' "'What do you mean?' exclaimed Nicodemus. "'How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again?' Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, You are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things? I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned. But the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in Him, but anyone who does not believe in Him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants all right there it is so I I've been excited about getting into this one because it's it's probably the most it contains the most quoted verse in the Bible (laughs) or at least referenced I don't know if it's the most quoted Um, but uh, thanks to the National Football League yes that's that's right (laughs) Has more TV exposure than it, the other versions. Definitely has a lot of TV exposure, um, but I like that we get to talk about this in the context, right? Because he starts off with Nicodemus. So, um, what what do you guys think? What what, are you, what sticks out to you when you when you hear that, and uh, you know maybe something even today you thought about for the first time, or even just stuff that's really stuck out to you over time.
2: Go ahead, Wayne. I'll let you go first.
1: The uh, the piece that gets me more than anything is well, the I'm saying the is in one. Uh, two things. I, I think this chapter actually begins in verse 25 of chapter, no, chapter two. two, yeah. Uh, he knows the heart of man. So Nicodemus is coming to him. He's already told us he knows the heart of man and he knows Nicodemus' heart even before Nicodemus comes. But Nicodemus coming at night further reveals mm-hmm. his heart. One. Two, go down to verse 11. Uh, he, Jesus is saying we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and you receive not our witness and Jesus is one. Mm -hmm. He's obviously talking in a vernacular that he's not alone. He's not in his mind one at that point that he's speaking. And uh, you go back up a few verses and and Nicodemus says, we know that, that you're a teacher sent from God and uh, you know, to be to come from someplace, you have to leave someplace. Mm. And isn't that the crux of all the problem we have in the gospels with, with Jesus in virtually every situation? Nobody ever understands that connection without it being in their face, and even then they usually don't get it, that Jesus is not by himself. He is with His Father. At all times, mm-hmm. he's he's he didn't he didn't leave heaven and come to earth. He brought heaven with him. Mm. You know, the kingdom of heaven is right here, right now, in Matthew, right. So there's there's this there's this info that he's giving them all the time, and they're never getting the info that it's not about him. It's about him and his father at all times. It's mm. good.
2: Um, I like this chapter because it's, it, the way it is divided. Um, you can do a simple outline of John three and you see three scenes of Jesus here in this first one, you see, um, Jesus, the teacher around verse 22, it becomes Jesus, the bridegroom. And then the last portion of the chapter actually ties to this. It's Jesus, the witness. Mm Mm-hmm. So when Jesus sits here and he talks to Nicodemus about, you don't believe the things I've told you, he's telling him things that he has witnessed. So he's witnessed the kingdom of God. He's he's witnessed the heart of the heavenly father. And so it's pretty condemning, if you will, in one sense, when he says, we have taught you. He And, and he, I think he uses the word we um, also because Nicodemus calls him a rabbi. So by calling him that he puts him in this group of wisdom teachers of the day. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus is saying, we rabbis, okay, we have come to teach you, but you, you can't even understand the earthly things that we're teaching you. How much more can you tell, can you understand what I'm trying to witness to you in the, what the kingdom is like and, and who the father is and, and even why he has sent me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that, that we see in this chapter three main sides of Jesus. He is our, he is the teacher, the ultimate teacher, but the idea of him being a bridegroom, that's another scene. And then the fact that he is a witness of something um, gives a lot more layers to Jesus than just the one that we always lump him in as the savior mm. of, of the world.
0: Yeah, I think what's compelling to me in all this, I, and I, I've listened to this, um, you know, typically when we're going to do a, a recording like this, I'll, I'll just loop the chapter over and over and listen to it and listen to it. And the thing that struck me today uh, in doing that again was how difficult it had to have been for Nicodemus in general, right? So you have these guys that are Jews, they are looking for the Messiah, but they have an expectation of how the Messiah will come, and Jesus does not meet that expectation, and mm-hmm. so there's this massive struggle, and they're going into this. Uh, to me, what I see with Nicodemus, you know, is a guy who's who it's like he wants to believe, but he's also a little bit afraid. Because I mean, we teach this even today, right? We te- we tell people, um, and I, I think pretty much every religion is going to say this: if you choose wrongly, you're you're destined for hell. Sorry. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it's a it's a hard place to be. So so I think conversion in and of itself it becomes a very interesting thing. So so what struck me, back to this kind of this could get into the weeds real quick. Um but with Nicodemus was just this and you know, Jesus even talks about it. He comes, you know, things that are in the dark are hidden and mm-hmm. so he comes to him at night and he's like, All right, look, bro, like what's up? <laughs> you know, like tell me yeah. tell me the heart of all this and And so I think you see someone who's in earnest wanting to make sure he doesn't miss the Messiah and, uh, and Jesus throws a a metaphor. My guess is parable and metaphor was completely foreign to them because he throws it out there and his first response is, wait, I got to go back into my mother's womb. (laughs) That's not going to be possible. And it seems like that's all the time, right? Every time we read scripture and there's a parable, they're like, well, that's impossible.
2: Well, I think, I think with Nicodemus um, within the story of Nicodemus is those of us that are seeking truth. Yeah. I think there are some people that are seeking and some that aren't. Um, the fact that we know that Nicodemus was a part of the rabbinical priesthood. He, he was a part of the religious construct that was in place at the time have no idea what discussions necessarily were going on within those chambers, but there was obviously discussion about this cat, Jesus.
0: Yeah, clearly.
2: And Nicodemus obviously didn't fall in line with some of the other guys and their opinions of him. And so here he comes at night. I know some people have said that that references uh, Nicodemus's heart. Mm -hmm. Um, I've heard other commentators. I love Warren Wearsby. He's one of my favorite commentators to read. And, um, he he puts it that maybe Nicodemus came at night because he knew based on the crowds during the day there would be no time to talk to Jesus. Um, That's a good one. Yeah, and so as I was thinking about it from that vantage point, I know there's been times in my life that I have thought, well, I'm a pro, I'm a bother. I don't want to be a bother to somebody, mm. so I can see Nicodemus, you know, in that, and yet, so Nicodemus, I think, innocently for whatever reason comes to Jesus at night and Jesus jumps on it. And I think the whole thing in this section of this chapter is really Jesus using what is happening right in front of him to illustrate things to Nicodemus. You came to me at dark. Let me talk to you about living in the dark. Let me tell you why people love to stay in the dark. Um, they, they don't want to come and let the things that are inside of them be exposed in the light. Maybe that was a little jab. Hey, Nicodemus, if you're really seeking, why don't you step out here when everybody's going to see you mm. seeking? Yeah. Step out here during the day mm-hmm. and let's really talk about this kind of stuff. Um, I just, I love the story of Nicodemus because I think it's a lot of us. Um,
1: yeah, I think I, along that same line, uh, I, th- I think that inside more people than we want to give credit to sometimes People are seeking, people are searching, people are asking questions. And so people who would never ask those questions during the day, they'd never ask them among their peer group. They'd never ask them in their social circle, but they have those questions. They, they wonder about God. They, they, they wonder about how uh, their, their worldview and, and, and current events and in things of scripture all go together. And, 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 you know, he sort of represents that that there there is a desire, there's there's a hunger, there's a seeking that I believe is in everybody. We we so quickly sometimes in church write that off. We just count everybody outside the church as they're hard hearted and no, I think people are asking questions about God and want answers about God far more than, than we recognize. It's just they're not going to do that out in public. Right? Mm-hmm. And more so today in our woke generation than ever before because mm-hmm. uh, you'll get slammed real fast nowadays.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I totally see what you're saying on that and, and tend to agree that um, Jesus has a tendency... Uh, and and you'll have to forgive me because I've been prepping a lot of chapters of John, so I get confused of what we've talked about yet. But like I think chapter four, which is coming up after this one, we're going to be talking about the woman at the well, and he kind of he does something similar. It's like he addresses, and it's all, almost like explaining to somebody, "Look, I know I know your guts here," so it's like getting rid of all the bullcrap before he gets into the truth of it all, right? And so um, as Nicodemus is doing that, it's the, the best part is he doesn't withhold the facts, right? He doesn't say, okay, well, no, I, I'm not going to tell you unless you come tomorrow, come meet me at 10 o'clock tomorrow right. <laughs> and then I'll yeah. tell you. So I, I think that's huge. And, um, I don't know, man, I, I, I just, it's another picture to me, just like what you're saying, Wayne, I think it is a picture of what's common with people today. I mean, you know, I've got, um, I meet with guys every once in a while in my groups and stuff. And I find that in those smaller groups, it's mostly at night. You have those moments where people just get a little more vulnerable and they're a little more honest about things. And um, there's definitely some value to that. But I love, you know, really the key point to me on this portion of it all is when Jesus essentially is saying, if you come into the light, we can accomplish a whole lot more. Mm -hmm. But since you didn't yet, (laughs) let's just, I'll meet you where you are. You know I love the
2: fact that Jesus is not afraid of the dark
0: yeah yeah he's not
2: <laughs> he's not and I think I think we we really have to um, especially as people that have accepted Christ and then have chosen to follow Christ mm-hmm. um, we have to remember that he met us in the dark and so let's let's be open to meeting others mm-hmm in the dark as well, the darkness of, of their life and their, their, um, lack of belief or, or meet them where their questions lie. Yeah. Um, he isn't afraid of the dark. He wasn't afraid of the dark in you when, when you first met him mm-hmm. and he's not afraid of the dark that may still be there. Yeah, that's good. Um, as somebody who has grown up in church, um, uh, I love my heritage but um, we have a lot of darkness yet in us. We have a lot of shadows. Yeah. And um, I think his call is twofold. First, to those that um, need to come to him, but then also to those that have come to him, hey, keep stepping into the light. Um, yeah, there you go. I think, too, it's interesting. And there is a um, great book that. Any of you listeners, if you're interested in something like this, um, you got to understand I love theology in the Bible. So this is up my alley, but you can buy an, a book and go on Amazon. They're about 10 bucks. A book called The Harmony of the Gospels. Fantastic, cool deal, mm-hmm. because on your pages, you, you'll have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and it shows you the parallels as, as it's happening. Um, and it's interesting because this story occurs in the other gospels but we missed something in John. So just check this out. I just think it's funny. Listen to the difference between verse two and verse three. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, we know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Where was the question Yeah. from Nicodemus about what does it mean to be born again? Well, we have that in some of the other tellings, but it's as I was thinking about this yesterday, I love the fact that Jesus doesn't waste time. He always gets right to the heart of
0: it. Mm-hmm.
2: Whatever it is in all of our lives, if we will come to him, we might think we're going to ease into something and he knows what we really need to deal with. Mm, yeah. And um, this whole idea of being born again, um, Jews had a concept of this because they, in their history, they would meet other nations that because they recognized the God of Israel and knew that Israel was undefeated in battle, we know that other nations wound up joining the Jews. Basically, they were born again. They became a part of the nation of Israel. So there's this idea of being born again in our vernacular that he understood. But when Jesus comes out there and uses that phrase, I love how it trips Nicodemus up because he is thinking solely in the physical. Well, I understand how a non-Jew can become a, you know, a Jew, mm-hmm. but how does this thing that you're talking about with the kingdom of God, uh, come into play? And I think a lot of us, we only think about the truth of God from our own vantage point as it deals with just us personally. Mm-hmm. And the idea that God is actually trying to expand his kingdom beyond what we are passionate about or beyond ourselves is something that we've got to consistently buy back into. Um, and the idea when Jesus says that to become born again, you got to be born of, of water and, and spirit. What do you guys think about that? What, what, what do you draw from that?
0: Well, I, I don't want us to run out of time before we get to John three sixteen because uh, <laughs> I want us to address that. But, uh, I, that's not something that necessarily was laid on my heart uh, in all of this. I was really fixated on that. But, I mean, I think the default on that is toxic. I think most people just speak of it as baptism. I don't know if that's true, but I, I really don't know. Wayne?
1: Water, water. you know, you're, you're born of it's water like from your mother. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's a flesh realm thing. It ties back in my mind to uh, you've come from God. He, he recognizes there's something in the spirit. Then he says, but but no man can do these miracles except God be with you. There's, there's this double mind in him. You've come from God, mm-hmm. you've left some place, you've come here. Now you're with us, you're in this flesh realm where he understands um, being born of the water, but yet God is with you. So he knows there's a spiritual component. He's just not able to put the two together in that moment, and that's what Jesus is trying to help him do.
2: I agree. I think the water, it, I think it does tie to John 3.16, if you'll let me show you. Because Jesus <laughs> is standing there as a the son no, of...
1: you can't do that. It's Jesus.
2: your opinion. Go for it. Jesus is standing there as the son of God born first of water. Mm-hmm. Yes, He's talking about God becoming human. Mm. and The only way into the kingdom, he said, I'm going to yeah. show you the way. I am a human who is going to get into the kingdom of God, and the pathway into the kingdom of of God is not your natural lineage being born of water, but is that I want to show you how to be born of the spirit that happened when Jesus was baptized and the Holy spirit came and set upon him. Mm. And so Jesus becomes that way. And because he is the person born both of water and of spirit. Now we can get to the John three 16 of why God birthed himself
0: Mm -hmm.
2: of human water. I've come to bring life.
1: Being being born of the Virgin, he was birthed by the Spirit. I see it as mm-hmm. baptism of the Holy Spirit confirmed totally that birth, and that's how we have to come to the point of looking at ourselves. Uh, if I am the temple of the Holy Spirit, I have been birthed of the Spirit. I've been birthed of my mother. I'm in the same walking capacity as Jesus was,
2: and in that powerful and yet we don't even. We undermine that or, or belittle it so often. Yes, you know we we are we we come to Him born of water, but the Word, which is Jesus, John one one, yes. planted within us births us by the Spirit yeah. and is the access to the kingdom. I, of God. I
0: think too, when we we read that scripture, it says, "I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit." We can also not extrapolate it too too grandly and say, "You got to exist." <laughs> you can't not exist yet. Right. And then you have to be born of the spirit. So he's like, you know, a person has to be born and then they can be born of the spirit. So it's almost like he's acknowledging, yeah, you exist now, but you don't just, you're not just in, you got to be born of the spirit. Does that make sense? Totally. Um, but on, on John three sixteen. So this is one, right? The, this version that we're reading in the NLT says, uh, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge it but to save the world through him. And we've only got about five minutes left. So in this, I think what I would like you guys to address and keep in mind, right, people listening to this are all over the spectrum, So as we share this, for those of you who are listening right now, as we share this, this is our take. This is our opinions. This is what we believe, what God's telling us that, um, and I'm not going to share my opinion as of yet. So, so these guys, anyway, this scripture says that who, so anyone who believes in him will not perish and have eternal life. That statement right there for God showed his love to the world this way. So, so how does that work? because there's other scriptures that would talk to us because this is in reference to being born again, right? So um, does that mean that all a person has to do is believe in Jesus and they're going to not perish but have eternal life?
2: Go ahead, Wayne. I'll let you take it mm. first. I've talked a lot.
0: Thanks. Um, and I'm just, I won't throw out the thief on the cross thing. I'm
1: not going to even mention that one. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't bring up the, the hell discussion we've already had either. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, Nicodemus, Nicodemus was already in the state of perishing and, and Nicodemus's challenge was, was to believe. And all of us have that same challenge and it's, it's almost a, he hides himself so that we can find him. And, uh, you know, our, our belief structure are coming to him in, in an active, uh engagement um we're, we're uncovering him in our lives um you know it's it's climbing out of our humanity into that spirit realm and and belief is is without crossing other platforms belief is required to climb out of that humanity mm. uh, you you got to recognize there's there's a different you that god created Designed and purposed, and and you're not there. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you don't believe, you have you have stuck yourself in your already present state of being perished.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: Again, going back and playing with the born of water and born of spirit. Um, when it says it uh, in this version, God for God so loved the world that that word is cosmos. So it's talking about this the literal world that we live in. So God loved His creation enough that he sent his son. And if you believe in him, believe he is who he said he is. He did what he said he was going to do. And, uh, you can have the benefits of that action. That's what that would mean. Um, you can have eternal life. The question becomes in, are you going to live life by your birth of water into this world? Mm -hmm. Or are you choose going to choose to accept your birth of the spirit into God's world? Mm -hmm. Which one are you going to value more than the other? And I think as Christians, sometimes if we're not careful, we say we value God's world, if you will, but man, we spend all of our life trying to better ourselves in this
0: world. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. I think it's funny, you know, uh, Wayne brought up our discussion on hell. It's a, it's a one-off on our, on Redux.church. So if you guys want to go check that out, it's, uh, called hell and expose and, uh, you will be disappointed. Um, <laughs> I say that, I don't know. Um, no, but I think the thing is exactly that. I, I, I think a lot of people's theology gets messed up because for, for most churches, we have a procedure that equates to how I make it to heaven. And that procedure, in my opinion, is largely built by mankind. And God has a procedure. He lays it out pretty clearly right here. And Jesus exemplifies it. And i mentioned the thief on the cross. He he exemplifies it in that moment. And I think where we get messed up is kind of what you just talked about, John, is that um, how, when we believe, see, to me, our belief is played out by our actions. What we believe happens in our actions. So if we really believe that God did this for us, if we really believe in Jesus, our actions then tend to reflect that. And so there was no opportunity for the thief on the cross, as I'm referencing, for those who don't know, we'll get to it at the end of John, I think. <laughs> I don't remember if it's in this, this book or not, but there's the thief on the cross, crucified with Jesus, who says, you know, remember me that when you enter into your kingdom, and he says today you'll be with me in paradise. And so, it simply, there it is, the belief, right? This guy didn't live for, for Christ his whole life, he didn't do anything, but in that moment, he believed, and it's a it's a beautiful picture too mm-hmm. of of people who say we well, mean so on my deathbed I can <laughs> I can repent and go to heaven. Well, I mean according to to what happened with Jesus, he wasn't on the bed; he was on the cross. But yeah, the guy he didn't even repent. Technically, he just said, "Remember me." So uh, why? Because he couldn't repent. Repentance isn't asking for forgiveness; it's changing,
2: changing your mind.
0: Forgiveness God. is a different thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I'll get you. We got forty five seconds left, and we'll go. Long, obviously, because I'm giving you guys the last word. But I word. think
2: him, sorry, I think him on the cross though is a beautiful picture of what has begun in this verse and in this section with Nicodemus. Again, take Nicodemus, um, the guy on the the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, both mirror images of the same kind of person. How do you transition from be, living and being dictated by the birthing of water or, or this world into living for God's world? You have to believe, but what is, what was it that the guy on the cross believed? He believed that Jesus was who he said he was at Mm -hmm. the end of it all. I believe you are who you claim to be. And, um, for whatever reason, the Holy spirit, we would say now revealed to the man in what he witnessed, he probably walked the road with Jesus. Mm -hmm. He probably heard the stories of the beatings of Jesus. Um, he probably, he, he was there listening to how Jesus was responding on the cross. And that confirmed to him, hey, yeah, um, I believe you are who you say you are. And that's really the crux of transitioning from the kingdom of this world to the kingdom of God.
1: Mm-hmm. I think we got to remember as we close to keep verse 17 attached mm-hmm. to verse 16. Right. Yeah. Jesus came not to condemn And we need to be careful that when we are gathered in whatever our church services are, that our church services are not focused on God condemning, Mm -hmm. that he did not come to do, but that he came to bring life. And our message needs to be about life rather than about condemnation.
0: Yeah, that's good. John, would you pray for us, man?
2: Sure. Lord, I thank you, Father. First of all, that you loved our world, our existence um, so much that you were not willing to leave us alone and sentenced to a deathly end. But Father, you chose to come in the form of Christ to demonstrate to us the depth of your love. And God, not only to demonstrate the depth of your love, but to provide a way where we can transition from the destiny that's tied to being birthed of water, which is death, or the destiny that's tied to being birthed of the Spirit, which is eternal life. And I pray, God, for those that are seeking like Nicodemus that are watching us today, that, God, you would bring them to a place where they find their questions answered in you and a relationship with you. In your name I pray today. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: I want to thank you guys for joining us, and uh, thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back next week. We're going to pick it up with John chapter 3, verse 22, and finish out the chapter. Um, If you'd like to support us, you can do so a couple ways. The first one and most important one is to pray for us, to seek the Lord and and pray on our behalf. Uh, Additionally, you can um, share this content. My goodness, if this is blessing you then it's going to bless somebody else. So uh, we'd love it if you just share it with them and, and send them a personal note when you share it and say, hey, I think this will be good for you. And then, uh, of course, if you'd like to financially support us, you can do that. You can go to redux.church, and you can give right there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, thanks again for joining us, and we will see you next time.